Hello and welcome to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. This podcast does contain occasional strong language and adult themes. If you are averse to spoilers for the film that is listed in the title, please tune out now, go watch the movie, or, like us, stop at the intermission, watch the movie, and resume the podcast after. Thanks for coming along on this ride with us. Please enjoy. You once said that uh, you like to make an audience scream through technical means. What is it about an audience screaming that you like? Now, those are the kind of questions uh, that the film buffs like to ask. They expect an awful lot of the sort of material that I don't tell anybody. And it was a nightmare. It was an eye-opener. Ignorance. Sheer ignorance. You know, there's no confidence to equal it. I don't have any problem with enjoying a big blockbuster. I'm not a fascist of those boring art movies which, when they are over, you are glad that they are over and then you celebrate it just as a kind of a superstitious measure. I will talk about it so that I don't have to see it again or whatever. So in a way, our, our broadcast was an assault on the uh, credibility of that machine. We wanted people to understand that they shouldn't take any opinion predigested and they shouldn't swallow everything that came through the tap. We had uh, Orson Welles, Albert Hitchcock, John Ford, Howard Hawks, Roman Polanski. We had uh, Antonioni. We did, it was unbelievable time to listen to these guys talk. Hello and welcome back to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and today I am doing a solo episode. I am going to be doing something actually a little bit different here because I had prepared this to do with someone, but as it turns out, they've already seen it, so I am not going to. So I've got everything prepared, so I'm going to do a little bit of trivia for you guys, but I'm going to ask you questions. So if you want, you can basically, we'll play a little game, right? Do you want to play a game? We're going to do a Saul-style game here, and if you win, you get to live. If you don't, and you don't answer, I'm going to assume that you lost, and I'm going to find you and mutilate you in horrible ways. But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead, and I did write down uh, some questions to ask. I, I wrote down, what's your favorite comedy? And a couple of mine were a film with me in it and Mallrats, um, uh, another one that I have for forgotten to, uh, or neglected to mention before uh, in mentioning a lot of these. It's one of my all-time favorites, but uh, His Girl Friday, it's an old sort of, not slapstick, but um, what do you call that? Screwball comedy. Uh, I really quite like that. Plus, it's got Cary Grant. Like, you can't go wrong with that. But I'm going to go ahead and read you the summary. This is the, the fake summary, and then I'll read you the real summary for the movie that we're going to be talking about today. A man is found murdered while courting a woman with short-term memory loss who forgot him every morning. Now she must piece together the fragments of her memory to discover if she was framed or if she is truly a murderer. It's memories of a murder. Or actually, sorry, memories of murder. I keep putting an A in here. I wrote an, an A. I wrote memories of a murder, but it's actually memories of murder, which uh, is a Korean film directed by Bong Joon-ho. Uh, if for those of you who don't know, he also did, uh, we did this on the show, Parasite. You can go back and listen to that episode. He also directed another movie that I am very fond of, The Host. It's sort of a creature feature film. He did Snowpiercer, Mother, um, a few others. But this is one of his earlier films where he was both the writer and the director of it. So I'm actually very excited to see this. It's been on my list for quite a while. It's from 2003. It looks like a very sort of like stylish sort of a murder mystery thriller. 
I'm very excited to see it. it. It's got a very cool aesthetic. Again, it's another one of these Korean films that, you know, just has this, you you know, look about it where it's like, it's it's got really great cinematography. It really does just look like it's going to be a great um, sort of dark thriller. So I will go ahead and read you the actual synopsis of it. In a small Korean province in 1986, two detectives struggle with the case of multiple young women being found raped and murdered by an unknown culprit. Um, so it's it's sort of a, you know, a more standardized sort of thriller than like something like, um, you know, The Wailing, which is sort of a thriller and then it turns into sort of a supernatural horror. At least I'm guessing. I'm, I'm hoping that there's a supernatural element to this, but at the same time, at the end of the day, if there is a you know, there's not, uh, you know, a good Korean thriller is always going to be really good, at least to me, anyway. I, there's just something about them, and I know I've said this ad nauseum, but, like, there is just always something really great that the Koreans do that for some reason it just, like, they just do thrillers well, and I don't know really why they do it better again i think it is really just due to the more like the korean sort of like cultural differences that when you watch a movie there's less sort of you know there's less tropes that you're aware of like they still have tropes like general tropes but at the same time they're not always going to be the same as what we have here in the West. And so it feels fresh, it feels new. But I think that just the Koreans do something that's different. And I really like visually the style of all their movies that they do. It's just so good, so fun, so dark, so visceral, but at the same time, it can be very fun. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to like a lot of like sweeping sort of shot, like long take shots, beautifully shot long takes, stuff like that. All sorts of, you know, good, cool angles, a lot of, like, good sort of lighting. I, I don't think the Koreans do a lot of, like, weird stuff with lighting. They don't quite go so far as to do, like, a, you know, German expressionism, but they do have that sort of, like, bits and pieces of German expressionism throughout that you can find. But they do make it kind of their own. It's, like, a very clean, crisp darkness, if, if that makes sense. Like, there's a lot of, like, darkness hidden within the world, but it's always, like, well-lit darkness, if that makes sense. Like, it's very, like, it's clear, you know? But not to be completely distinct as, like, everything is, like, very dark, very light. There's a lot of, like, you know, moodiness to it. And I love that about it. So I have three trivia questions here. If you go to Twitter.com and you go to at podcast, and you are the first one to answer all three questions correctly... Now, I, you know, obviously you can Google these, but it would be very unsporting if you did. Uh, if you are the first one to answer these, I will send you a DM. And if you want, I will then send you a movie in the mail. Uh, it'll be a random one that I have on my shelf, but uh, I'll send you a random movie if you want. Uh, only U.S. people, sorry, no no foreign shipping. Uh, that's a little bit too expensive for my blood uh, to ship something outside of the U.S. But if you are within the continental U.S., I will send you a movie. Uh, or if you prefer, I do have like extra like duplicate cds i'll send you a cd but um i don't have any like other mwns merch otherwise i'd send you that but i will send you a movie and whatnot uh, if you do so question number one 
and this is obviously the first one to do this send me you know at me on twitter i will i will send something them something i'll get in touch with you question number one memories of a murder is directly inspired by what a the zodiac killings b hitchcock's dial m for murder or c alan moore's graphic novel from hell again memories of a murder is directly inspired by what a the zodiac killings b hitchcock's dial m for murder or c alan moore's graphic novel from hell now i've never read um from hell i've read some of other alan moore's works but he definitely does some weird stuff so if it is that i wouldn't be surprised but also the zodiac killings are you know this could just be a you know like a zodiac killer uh but in korea movie uh, and then i'll always hitch you know people ripping off hitchcock has been done uh to death so uh all three very plausible so that's question number one and you do have to answer all three question number two it took bong jun ho a year to write the script how much of that year did he spend researching before ever writing a word of it was it a six months b seven months or c eight months so he took an entire year to to basically you know a year off to work on this script how many months of it was strictly research so six months a seven months b or eight months c and question number three what american director said that this was uh, one of his favorite films since 1992 was it a Shane Black, B, David Fincher, or C, Quentin Tarantino. So, what American director said that this was one of his favorite films since 1992? A, Shane Black, B, David Fincher, or C, Quentin Tarantino? Again, first person, uh, I'll send you a random movie. Don't know what it's going to be, but I'll send you one. Um, and it's probably going to be on DVD. Uh, probably not a Blu-ray, but I've got a bunch uh, that are here, I'll probably pick one at random for you, uh, depending on, you know, what you want. If you don't want anything, then great. Uh, so that's, that's, that's what it is. So I'm very excited. Uh, this seems like it's going to be a dark movie with a lot of like dark, heavy themes. Um, I'm always down for something like that. I hope it strays a little bit into the horror side of things. Um, again, like I, I don't necessarily get vibes of, I get more vibes of like silence of the lambs than I do of like, I saw the devil, but then again, like, the Koreans, like, seem to just go so hard in these movies. Like, there's going to be something at the end that just, like, whoa, this is, you're going to have your mind blown, right? And that's what I feel like always happens in these movies <laughs> from that I watch that are, like, Korean. Now, again, I haven't really watched a lot of other genres. I've mostly watched horrors and thrillers from Korea, so I don't know how their comedies go. Do their comedies end up in some sort of, like, weird barn burner ending where a lot of blood comes out of people's bodies i don't know probably uh, it's fair to assume so either way i don't know i just get the feeling i'm going to enjoy this um bong joon ho is not necessarily my favorite korean director um that's still park chan wook um but you know uh recently uh the wailing has made it into my echelon of films uh, but that wasn't bong joon ho that was um hold on You'll, you'll hear some typing for a minute because I can't remember uh, what his name was. It was uh, Na Hong Jin. Uh, 
that was man the wailing was so good i absolutely love the wailing um I, I doubt that memories of murder is going to have that um sort of same like supernatural lilt to it i doubt it will because i you know probably would have watched it at this point if it did because this was kind of like during the point of time where i was really getting into a lot of foreign films i'm just surprised i haven't seen this one frankly so um since that's the case uh, i guess i'll go ahead and watch this i'm gonna see you know what just just for you guys i'm gonna see if there's any other random trivia uh to see if i can give you guys just because normally i give you trivia in these solo episodes uh, i gave you a task this time but um we'll we'll see Ooh, in order to make his character, Detective Seo, looked, look properly worn out by the stress of the case, actor Kim Sang-kyung deliberately limited his food intake and slept fewer hours. Ah, so he is the method actor. He is the, the Jared Leto of, <laughs> of Korea. I like that. Ooh, that's about a deleted scene. Don't know if I want to actually put that here. Uh, I'll try to avoid that spoiler here. No, no, that seems spoilery. The first jump kick and scuffle from Park was improvised by actor uh, Song Kang-ho. Oh, okay, so there's some there's some fun action in this movie. Interesting. Good to, good to hear that there's at least a little bit of action in the film. It's not just a complete snooze fest. Actually, I don't hate movies that don't have any action in them. Um, it's just sometimes when you can put some good action in a film like you know uh, it's great like honestly one of the other korean thrillers that i put is one of my favorites old boy it, it has one of the best action sequences that i've ever seen in a film so uh that's the hammer scene in the hallway bah, 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 bah. let's see what what else do we got here i don't see anything else that's like that like doesn't seem like it's going to go into spoilers i'm i like if i seem something that's like when i do this trivia uh pull back the curtain here if i see something that looks like it might get spoilery i just stop reading it and move on to the uh next thing um oh there's also a south korean movie named memoir of murder oh hmm hold on let's see what that's about memoir of murder who does that memoir of murder from 2017 oh so this came out after okay so it's a uh, shinyon won former serial killer with alzheimer's fights to protect his daughter from her psychotic boyfriend oh so he's like a former serial killer that's interesting oh i might have to add this one to my list because this looks interesting so i kind of glossed over too that the um it's very close to my summary as well. So essentially, my summary was 50 first dates. But if, uh, what is it, Reese Witherspoon was also a part of like a murder suspect, which I think would be much more compelling. I don't know. What do you guys think? You guys think that that would be compelling? I don't know. Either way, I'm going to go ahead and stop here. This is going to be a short episode. Um, I know that I'm going to be releasing this in tandem with another episode, which, you know, depending on which one you listen to first, who knows? Um but I, I've been a little bit sort of frazzled because uh, I'm on child number three. We have a new new baby in the in the house uh, and trying to deal with a toddler and a newborn. Uh, the newborn's fine, like, whatever. Not a problem. Uh, running around after a toddler after being tired from a newborn is insane. So hopefully I can keep up the release schedule. I know I missed almost an entire week, so I'll probably miss a whole week. Um, but you will have two episodes uh, coming out. So I will report back to you with what I thought about memories of murder, not memories of a murder as I had previously uh, been saying. Now, what am I going to rate this on a scale of 
Zero to five snake pliskins, do you ask? I'm going to take my fancy new pen that I have that I have just purchased. It is a, uh, a Kaweco Sport. Uh, it, is a, it is a fountain pen. Thank you, my good friend Alex, for ruining my life with fountain pens because now I want more and you're to blame, but they write so well. So I'm going to write it down here. Uh, before, ooh, I think I'm going to give this, a f man, I... I think I'm just gonna give it a four like I can't see it being bad like and also it, it's a Korean film I'm hyped up for it I don't think it's gonna disappoint me but I think you know it could probably it'll probably go down a little bit or up a little bit I don't think it's gonna be a five and I don't think it's gonna be a three I think it's solidly in there that's why I'm saying four so I'm gonna write down with this fancy new pen the number Four. All right. Well, uh, with that said, I will see you guys on the other side, and I'll let you know what I thought of Memories of Murder by Bong Joon-ho from 2003. Thanks. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs> And welcome back to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I am back from watching Memories of Murder. Not Memories of a Murder or Memoirs of a Murderer, but Memories of Murder. I'm going to say it right in my head one of these days. So this is the uh, 2003, I guess, movie that put Bong Joon-ho kind of in the spotlight, one of his earlier films. It is... If you guys have you guys ever seen um was it David Fincher's Zodiac? It's that, but it doesn't make you like have to stop like eight times uh because it's such a boring piece of crap and Mark Ruffalo is the worst. Uh <laughs> like it's funny because I've seen seven. Or not seven. Well, I've seen seven. Seven's better than uh it's overrated, but seven is better than Zodiac. 
but this is Zodiac if Zodiac was an engaging top thriller. Zodiac is pretty much like there are people running around and no one really cares and people are being upset. And Memories of Murder is like, you know, it builds like a really good tense sort of murder mystery and it introduces some good characters. It's got some really good, um, I guess, juxtapositions of character arcs throughout it. And then it gives you a satisfying, chilling ending, especially if you look this up. So I know one of my questions in the first half is, what is this movie based on? But I did a little bit more research, and it's based on that, whatever the answer is to that question, but also a true-life serial killer in Korea, which, fun fact, this was like based on Korea's first sort of like um, serial killer, or at least major serial killer that people knew about. Uh, from like the 1980s he was like active from 1980 to 1994 and essentially what happened was is that no one ever caught him or at least for the murders that he did because the statute of limitations sort of stopped and in like he but he was in jail for a different prison for a different crime in 1994 and he got a life sentence for that crime I think it was like killing his sister-in-law or something but he didn't get caught for the other crimes, you know, his serial killing crimes, right? And so at the time when people made this movie, the, you know, they still didn't know who the killer was or if they were out in the world still. So at the very end, when, and again, this is spoilers, but you should have seen the movie already, uh, when Detective Park, who is no longer Detective Park, but just Mr. Park, who basically leaves um, being a detective behind after the whole debacle and finds his calling as like a businessman, seems pretty successful, has a family and everything. Um, he's sitting there and asking this little girl like, hey, who came over here, you know, and whatnot. And it's like, you know, it's just some guy. What did he look like? Well, he was ordinary. He could have been anyone. And then he looks at the camera, like trying to use his sort of like, like looking into someone's eyes technique to see if they're the murderer. Like if you're sitting in the cinema and you were the killer, which is not, it didn't happen. But if you were the killer sitting in the cinema, you would, I mean, that probably gave Korea chills. That probably hit hard over there, dude. Um, it hit me hard. And I think it hit even harder over there. So, I mean, this movie was, like I said, it's, you know, David Fincher's, zodiac but if it was good and engaging i i don't know my big problem with zodiac is just that i found it boring even though like i like all of the actors in it except mark ruffalo uh, i hate his face i think he's a subpar actor that everyone seems to think is good for some reason but despite that like the performances of like downey jr and um what's his face um i wanted to say ryan Gosling, but it's, um, uh, no, it's, uh, uh, what's his face? The guy from Donnie Darko. Hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up because I can't remember off the top of my head. What is it? Zodiac. Zodiac. You'll hear me typing. Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. That's right. For some reason, I get Gyllenhaal mixed up with Gosling for some reason. He seems like the same ilk for some reason. But yeah, I just, I just don't didn't like zodiac it took me like five or six settings to get through and like my wife never even finished it um she actually watched memories of murder with me and she was like engaged the whole time she was drawn in just like me um 
again, this movie had a, has a lot of great moments in it. And it's actually oddly comedic too. There's a lot of like funny moments, you know, like there's, there's just these sort of like down to earth scenes of people sort of like being real people. And then, you know, in these horrible dark situations where there's, you know, this rapist murderer on the loose and, then there's like these just funny scenes that are meant to be sort of like almost slapstick at a point, like not to the point of like Jackie Chan slapstick or like the three stooges slapstick, but like just like weird and out there enough that it actually makes you like laugh and giggle. It's, it's pretty good. I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, some of the other like nice little things about this, like it, it, it wasn't really hard to follow. Um, like, uh, and I'll, I'll throw this one out there, like infernal affairs, at the very beginning of the film is pretty hard to follow. Um, and I really like Infernal Affairs. I need to do, I'm due for a rewatch of that one because it's been a while since I've seen it. But this movie, um, again, I really is carried um, through by all of the individual performances. Everyone is very unique, has their own thing. Um, obviously, the star is... Um, Detective Parks, played by Song Kang-ho. Um, you would recognize him uh, from like a lot of other Korean films. Um, he was in uh, The Dad in Parasite. If you go back and listen to that episode, he was him. Uh, he was also in a bunch... He was also in, I think, The Host, which is another um, Bong Joon-ho film. He was also the dad in Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Uh, it, just like... Uh, a ton of Korean films. You've seen him. He's got a very distinctive face. Uh, and then there was um, another performance, Detective Seo, which was uh, Kim Sang-kyung and uh, Detective Cho. And then there was also um, Officer Kwan, who was the sort of the, the lady there. Uh, and then there's also Sergeant Shin, who was uh, Jae Ho-sung. They were all like all of the performances are really great. And it came together into a good story with a great with great character arcs for each of them. Like there were poignant moments like the moment where. So basically, um, Detective Park and Detective Cho are kind of like two sort of like small town cops. Right. And everyone knows they're kind of like corrupt and they beat the hell out of people to get confessions like that's their M.O. Detective Park has sort of like this, he claims to have this shamanic power of being able to look into someone's eyes and tell if they're the killer or not, uh, or, you know, the, the criminal or not. And like, he just knows. So like, because he knows he goes and he gets confessions out of them by one, by one mean, you know, whatever means necessary, which is usually having Detective Cho, uh, put on his stomping boots and a little shower cap over the stomping boot and then just beat the ever-loving crap out of them. And so, um, you know, it, it really is sort of like, and then, you know, the guy, Detective Seal, comes in from Seoul, and he's a very methodical, like, the evidence tells, the paper trail tells, we need to look for everything going on here. And it's a really big clash. They don't like each other. It's 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 a very good sort of dynamic. And then as you go on, you start seeing sort of a shift in everything. As as the case gets more desperate, as Detective Co gets much more involved in it, and you know, Detective Park is sort of like, well, we've been working on this case. Like we we need to see it through. Eventually, Detective Co kind of goes the way of you know Detective Cho and Detective Park, and says like, no, we. We can't prove any of this. We have to. We know who the killer is. We can't prove it. It's never going to stick, but we need to take him out. And Detective Park's like, 
shit, man, I can't tell if this guy's the killer or not. Like his powers are quote unquote are, you know, fading. Um, and it's a really good sort of dynamic of how the characters progress. And there's also Detective Cho who's sort of like, he gets reprimanded and he's under like investigation and, and, you know, he eventually uh, dies because he gets like tetanus in his leg and it's the leg that he uses for stomping. And Detective Park, who's really kind of his only family, quote unquote, they're like brothers. It's like, no, he'd rather die than lose that leg. So he ends up, I think the implication in the movie is that he ends up just fucking dying of tetanus. Because like, instead of cutting his leg off, he'd rather just die. <laughs> um, which is, again, kind of like a poignant thing. Um, and, and again, there's like a lot of like really good supporting characters like... Um, a Detective Park's sort of, I guess, girlfriend who becomes his wife in the end. Um, it's played by who? Who's he played by? Uh, Mission John. Uh, again, very good film. Um, I really, really like this. I think this actually is probably my favorite Bong Joon Ho film. I liked it more than Parasite. Um, I liked it more than The Host. The Host is different though, because The Host is it, it's got a lot of like heart to it, but it is a creature feature at the end of the day, so it's a lot feels a lot different. This felt like a more traditional thriller and murder mystery. Again, like, and I'm going to harp on this, it felt like a good version of Zodiac. Like, if if you liked Zodiac, you'll probably like this. Although, if you've seen Zodiac and you really liked it, this might feel a little bit like they're, you know, coming back to that sort of thing. Because it did feel like it at, at a lot of points in time. I was very much struck of, like, how this reminded me of it. However, this did come first. So this did come first because Zodiac did come out in 2007. This came out in 2003. So realistically, y'all should be watching this, not Zodiac. And I keep, I might keep saying seven. I don't know why. Because I think it's because it's a Fincher film. Um, I don't know. It's seven's overrated. I, I think it's okay, but it's better than Zodiac. I think it's, it's probably like a three when everyone's like saying like oh no it's like the best movie ever it's not it's not it's not that good it's got like the good scenes in it at the end and then some morgan freeman and brad pitt shenanigans but otherwise it's okay um but yeah th this movie was was very good i i very much enjoyed it the other thing that i was going to mention was and i really the the one thing that i was very disappointed by was that they didn't do more with the sort of like a cult sort of parts of it where there was a point where detective park did go to an actual like shaman and she gave him like this ritual to perform and once you perform the ritual if you did it correctly it would basically form in the shape of the killer's face right and i wish that there was some sort of like thing that sort of like tied into that at the end or like we or like you as the audience like saw the paper where it's like, oh, it, it actually did turn into this face because it was sort of like this weird ink blot that really didn't look like anything. It was like a weird Rorschach test, but as far as you could tell. But I wish that they did a little bit more with that and like his shaman eyes, quote unquote, because you never really, and this was intentional, obviously, on uh, Bong Joon-ho's part, but you never got a sense of if his power was really a real power. I think that you kind of got the sense that, you know, he, he was, you know, he did become in the end, like he left being a detective after this because he couldn't solve the murder. And he just like went on to something else and married the woman that he loved and they had kids. He kind of went and became a, you know, a successful businessman, or at least that's the implication. And like he, he sort of used his powers there 
Um, it seemed like he was still able to kind of use it, but he like he could use it like in certain situations, like maybe like for business, but maybe not for like you know telling people's you know souls or anything, telling if they were guilty of something. You know, it, it it's never clear, and I think that's intentional. Where it's like you're supposed to see like you know does he have this power? Doesn't he? Because he does throughout the course of the film sort of use his power to or kind of like his innate sense of what is like his gut feeling right it's sort of boiled down to his sight quote unquote is more of a gut feeling right like you like you hear in cop movies like oh this is my gut it's my gut's telling me this and like the other person who's cold and logical says no that's wrong it can't be but his gut is right sometimes in this movie right like he's he's following his gut even though maybe it's getting him to a different conclusion than it should be, which is why I really like throughout the course of the movie, Detective CO and Detective Park, who become kind of like a really good duo by the towards the end of the film before everything sort of breaks down in the denouement of the film. But I really do like that essentially they kind of work together because you get like Song Kang Ho's sort of like hunches and they're always kind of right, right? But Detective, or, or Detective Park, sits on King Ho, but Detective Park, his hunches are always kind of almost right, but they're never really applied in the right way, and Detective CO kind of guides them with evidence, and it's a really interesting dynamic that I was surprised that I, you know, was as good as it was. I really liked it. All in all, top-tier performances from everybody in this film, um, and uh, it was an engaging murder mystery movie um where you you use the audience member solve the mystery but you never really like get like that the the miss the murderer is never caught and and despite all of that the ending is very satisfying it leaves you with a sense of like creepy sort of dread and but also like hope and happiness like like, you're happy that Detective Park has moved on and is doing new things with his life, but it leaves you with a sense of, like, creeping dread like this guy could still be out there. Um, you know, he could be sitting in a movie theater right next to you because he looks ordinary. It's it's really good. I, I like it, despite having a, an ending where the killer kind of gets away, quote-unquote, right? Or, well, actually, literally not quote-unquote. Um, it's a satisfying ending, uh, you know, Unlike, again, the Zodiacs of the world where it's like it didn't feel engaging. It just felt like it went on too long. <laughs> I mean, this movie was two hours and 11 minutes long, but it didn't really feel overly long at all. It, the longest feeling is like that you got was like when they were doing sort of the setup and the, you know, Detective Cho and Detective Park and uh, Sergeant Ku uh, or Ko or whatever he is. Uh, is but they're being set up as sort of like this, you know, buff team of buffoons, right? Before they get shuffled up and Sergeant Shin and Detective CO essentially come in and start taking over the investigation. Um, it, it, again, it's a fun movie. And, and and I mentioned a lot of this in the first half, like the cinematography. There were a lot of really great long shots, landscapes. Like this was this was a beautifully shot film. It had, again, that, that sort of dark but bright sort of somber essence to it like there were fields of like I, I probably like wheat or buckwheat or something fields that these people were in you know because the the women were it was a rural area um like a small rural city and 
the shots were always so like even the, the golden wheat was felt somber and dark and it was it was really good it was beautiful like the shots of the mountains the forests um the long shots of people sort of like walking or standing someplace um it was great like it, it, i love that sort of stuff in movies i like those long takes i like the um you know the different angles of the takes you know a lot of them were like lows highs stuff like that like depending on where you wanted to see it like landscapes almost like an ocean of wheat you know going out into this sort of like um thing there was a lot of metaphors here that you could probably pick up on there was some comedy i i even i did laugh out loud at a couple scenes like um, i'm trying to remember them I, you know i i watched it last night i i went to to bed and now i'm up way too early recording this but <laughs> um it's it's very much you know it very much had a lot of sort of that not even darkly comedic like almost slapstick but in like a dark way uh in this movie um it, again you couldn't say that this is a comedy but it had dark comedy elements so again i think um i gave this i think it was like maybe what a 3.5 um so i was thinking it was going to be somewhere between a three and a four I think I'm going to have to give this a 4.5. I mean, this is this is solidified in my mind like I just I should just watch Korean films. Like that that's it's my favorite sort of like Korean thrillers and Korean horror films. I think they are like literally my favorite sort of I guess quote unquote genre of films. Um I I just need to start watching only Korean films because I just enjoy the heck out of every single one I watch. So uh, I think I'm going to give this a 4.5. It was really good, and I recommend it. So uh, just as a reminder, um, go back to the first half if you want um, to do it, but there are the trivia questions there. If you do want to answer them, go to at MWNS podcast. Try not to cheat. Don't look it up on IMDb or anything like that for all the trivia questions. Just try to answer it if you think what it is. Whoever answers it correctly first, I'll DM uh, if your DMs are open, and I'll send you something, right? If you're in the continental U.S., um, probably a DVD or something, but we can work that on the DMs. It's up to you. I'll ship it to you. It's not, not, not that big, especially if it's like a DVD or CD or something like that. But um, like I said, uh, I to be determined what it's going to be, but you'll just get a random movie, probably, more than likely, uh, to keeping it in theme with the podcast here. With that said, follow us on Twitter at MWNS Podcast so you can like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> no, don't. I don't care about that. Just literally go there, um, listen to the episode, um, and if you do, and if you want to answer the trivia questions, play along, go ahead and do that. So um, I guess with that said, we'll see you in the next one. Peace. And I wonder if it really was. I think it was always was show business. I think they were pretending to be factories, and it was still show business. I heard myself speaking these terrible corny lines, and there I was stuck with $350,000 worth of show, and I had to get on somehow. Plus, at the time, oh, they were real jerks. Plus, plus at the time, really pieces of work. Pl plus, plus at the time. Did you see Armageddon? I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Pl pl plus, plus at the time. Did you see Armageddon? I assure you that I would rather have been shot. I really did, because he was a monster. But they all were, or almost all of them, those guys. He came on as a monster, you know. He snarled at you, you know, like that. Pl pl 
plus plus at the time. He was a monster. Plus, plus at the time. I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Follow us on Twitter at MWNS Podcast or contact us at MWNS Podcast at ProtonMail.com. All music used in this episode is produced by Young Carts and used with license. <laughs>